Hello and welcome to the Gleaner Podcast for Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. I'm Chantal Hortop, Managing Editor for the Gleaner and host for this season of the podcast. Today, the Gleaner's Sarah Rennie speaks to two key figures from the Ormstown Saracens Rugby Club. The Saracens have a storied history, both locally and across the province, after more than 50 years in existence. Many players with the club have played at the provincial and even national level, and perhaps more importantly, the members have maintained a tradition of community involvement and continue to play an important role in Chateaugay Valley life. The club recently unveiled a new logo honoring its two founding members, the late Rod Beatty and Dave Hardy, who continues to live and breathe rugby today. Since arriving in Armstown to teach at CVR more than 50 years ago, Hardy has been instrumental in developing the sport of rugby in Ormstown and across Quebec. He's not only a founding member of the Ormstown Saracens Rugby Club, but he has played and refereed around the world and served as coach of both the McGill and Concordia rugby squads. In fact, the two Montreal universities duke it out each year for the Dave Hardy Cup, named in his honour. He's an inspiration to younger players and team members, including Felicia Brunette, who joined the Saracens 16 years ago after discovering the sport in Sejab. She has now been the club president over the past three years and is looking forward to seeing the sport continue to develop and grow in popularity in the Valley. With that, I'll leave you in Sarah's capable hands for her chat with Dave and Felicia. Happy listening. All right. I'm super excited about this. I've been a big fan of the Saracens for a long time. I've always really liked the sport of rugby and the Saracens have always been so much fun. It's been fun to cover, fun to watch. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about the history. So um, can you tell me a little bit more about the history of the club? Um, yeah, okay. Two people who came to the Valley, Rod Beatty and myself, we actually met on a rugby field in Montreal against each other. I eventually moved out and I was taking students from the school to play. And sitting down one evening, we just decided, rather than traveling to Montreal all the time, start a club in Olmstead, which is what we did. How did you come up with the name of the Saracens? Well, the, the, the color and the name. Color is the color of the club that Rod came from in Langham, in Scotland. And the Saracens, ironically, my wife at the time, she came up with the name. And when I went back to England, that was the side I played for. Okay, so there's a little bit of, um, so a little bit of England, a little bit of Scotland, certainly in the mix here. What are some highlights from the, the earlier years? Did it come together easily or was it a bit of a struggle? Well, to begin with, they, they wouldn't let us in the league. We had to prove ourselves, which we did. And then we went in the league and entered it. At that time, there were only two, two leagues and we entered the second league. We won that for four years on, in a row. And it was all good because there was, it was a combination of uh, Rod Scottish, me English, we had an Australian guy, we had Jim Morton, president of Klein and Tinker at the time, he was there, and then all the, the, the kids from, uh, from the Valley, you know, and we went, the, the league then was Montreal and Ottawa, and we would go to Ottawa, we surprised people there, we would go to Saranac Lake, uh, they eventually went on tours to Scotland and Newfoundland and Winnipeg and things like this. But that was more after I, because I moved back to England and came back, and I drifted into other things. I was refereeing more than playing, and uh, Rod Beatty was the driving force. That's fantastic. Um, you've 
you've sort of brought up a couple of the players, but you've honored a few of your players over the years, um, including with your new logo. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the players, some of those, the big names that, that helped get the, the game started in Ormstown? Well, as Ron and myself, I have a list of the 25 original players. And uh, these were people who were still at school. Uh, people literally were dragged out to the bar on in hunting them on a Saturday night. We weren't big enough to take on other people, but we were fit enough and we had fun. How has the game changed then over the years? It sounds like it was organized pickup for the first few years. Well, it was, it was, but the as it's happening now, is you know, there's in my opinion, there's a bit of a rebirth at Saracen but with a slight difference. The, the difference being that in the first life of the Saracens, it wasn't run by women, it was all men. Now it's the reverse. Okay, and the game itself hasn't changed much then in 50 years. As, as, as an ex-referee, yes, it has. The, the laws have changed. The, the, the basic concept is still there, but the way the laws are now, it, they cater the laws towards safety. Okay, so... Maybe I'll ask a little bit about sort of the, the, the club now then. So how yeah. has it developed or, or changed? When you mentioned the, the women coming on board, what else has changed? Well, the big change. We, when we started, we did not have, there was nothing for the young children. Now you, you can start playing at six years of age. And, and if we can get that going through all the age groups, the Saracens could actually get back to the level they were which was the top club in Quebec. When we started the club, there was no rugby in CVR. Now it's established. Many have played for Quebec. We did at one time. We had three men's teams and two women's teams. Getting back to that, it then becomes a huge community project. So I, I imagine uh, I'd like to get back to, to how it developed, especially bringing women on board. But I imagine the pandemic also had something to do with the team sort of falling back a little bit, but were they struggling before then? Yeah, so <clears throat> the women's team started in 2002, and it was some of the, one of the original men's players, Doug Murdoch, um, and then coach uh, Patrick Bordeaux Column that got them started up. And it was mostly that they'd been coaching them in high school, and then those girls reached, um, reached you know, senior age to play and wanted a team. So they, they started one up. And as Dave mentioned, uh, you know, built it up over the years, and we did have two teams for for a few years. Um, unfortunately, just as you know, cycles go through, we had uh, people who moved on to to other things, and we st were struggling for numbers before the pandemic. Unfortunately, in 2018, we had to pair up with another club to to just have enough people for one team, and uh, we did that for a couple of years, and then unfortunately, with the pandemic, it kind of was the the death blow. So we haven't had a senior women's team uh, since 2019, but we're working on it this year to to relaunch, hopefully with a full team and uh, and get back into into the league uh, to play province wide. Um, it, it's a big project. Uh, we need to we need to have 22 registered players to to be able to put a team in the league. So. Uh, starting from from nothing to up to 22 is a challenge, but we do have lots of interested uh, interested players and motivated players, so that that definitely helps and makes the work worthwhile. Can you tell me a little bit about the mini Saracens and how that developed? Because that's a pretty awesome program. 
So that is uh, a labor of love also for originally started by Serge Tremblay in the early 2010s uh, with just a small group of, of local kids. And then uh, Jeannie Bryson took over in 2013 and um, really spent the time building the structure for the program and the different age levels. And, uh, and it's just exploded across, uh, across the valley since then. Um, we did take a little dip with the pandemic. Obviously, numbers went down, but we've, uh, we've been building it back up. Now we have a winter program for the kids as well. So we do 10 weeks in the indoors in the winter to get the skills up and, uh, and get them to try it out and then bring them onto the field for the summer session where we, um, we play jamborees across the province and um, host one of the biggest jamborees in the province here in Ormstown. We very easily have over 300 kids that show up to, to play rugby on, on a Sunday. So it's uh, it's great to see. Yeah, I spoke with one of the, the Saracens coaches at one point of the, he was working with some of the smaller kids and he said how important it was to introduce them to rugby from a very young age, but to introduce them to the culture as well. So it's that they become a part of the club and I thought that was really interesting that the Saracens are welcoming, you know, six-year-olds into their club as members, not just as, you know, a, a group of players. That's one of the beauties of rugby is that it's very inclusive. Any, anyone can play no matter your size, your speed, your ability. Everyone can learn to play and have a place on the field and in the club. And it's it becomes a family there you you don't just join to to be at the on, at the field the, for your one game and then go home there's there's the parties afterwards there's the the club events and the the social side of it is, is huge so it's it's why it's lasted so long and has such an impact because when you join you're joining a family that's really interesting and i, I think that's something about rugby that's maybe misunderstood I think people sort of understand it as a not even an aggressive game and it certainly looks like a violent game but there really is a culture and a community to it even between two sides absolutely you know every week we you know, play a different club and every relationship is different we always have our, our you know long-held rivals where the games are a little rougher and maybe a little dirtier but at the end of it all everyone shakes hands and has a drink together and it's still just uh you know, a rugby community that comes together. So, you know, no matter the rivalries, and there are lots, um, we, we, you know, everyone still gets together at the end and has a great time. So over the years, the club really has shown incredible dedication towards its members, especially some of its members. You've got um, awards that are named in, in the honor of some of your players and you just unveiled a new logo that certainly honors two players. Can you tell me a little bit about that tradition? I mean, obviously, over 50 years of history, there's there's lots of players who've not only been instrumental on the field, but in, you know, developing the club and building it up to what it is today. So um, just one of the small ways to honor those people is to, to you know, name awards after them that represent um, some of the, the things that they've done for the club. So, you know, our hardest worker award named after someone who was a really hard worker and you know our MVPs and we have the um, Rod Beatty Award named after one of our founders so it's it's just a small way to to represent what they've contributed to the club over the years and the new logo was a similar idea in that um, we wanted to preserve the history of the club because you know changing a logo 
um, wasn't easy for some of our older members, but um, we wanted to, to, you know, modernize a bit, but still keep the, the values that went with the original. So we wanted our uh, founders represented in the, the Scottish thistle and the English rose. And then the the shape itself to present represent some of our biggest values, and that you know we we chose to represent longevity, tradition, boldness, and confidence because we feel like those are things that are important to our club and that represent how we um, put ourselves forward on the field and in the community. Yeah, I mean, talking about the community, I don't remember a Normstown fair where there haven't been Saracens lining the parade route, you know, in in the parking areas. There is an incredible dedication, and maybe Mr. Hardy can talk to this too a little bit. That must have started right from the very beginning. Yeah, the the club doesn't exist just as an entity. It exists as part of a community. And by reaching out, by helping, by having fundraisers, there was a need, and they provided a service which is, is, I I believe, it's valued by the community and that mentality has obviously carried on i mean there's the the scholarships i don't know if you want to talk a little bit about those the that side of the development as well um yeah so part of i mean one of the reasons we're lucky as a club and that allows us to develop is our partnership with cvr and being able to use uh the fields and the facilities at the school a lot of clubs struggle in that aspect, either financially because they have to pay to rent a space or um, just having access to a space at all. So we're, we're very, very lucky for that. And one of the ways we you know, try to give back to the school is by um, providing the bursary, sorry, which we renamed last year to honor um, a former member, Rick Otsier. Um, he was you know, all about uh, bringing people into the club and, and and giving people a chance on the field. So with the bursaries, the idea is to allow um, our junior players who might not have been able to afford to play otherwise uh, to get on the field and have their summer season. Um, and and the, the goal is to expand that to um, have a, a financial aid program in general. So yes, bursaries to deserving students who work hard for them, but also to just open it up to anyone who needs the financial aid to play. Um, that's the ultimate goal to, to make, you know, to make it accessible to anyone regardless of the financial situation. I, I guess that's part of it is making sure that people are, are able to access the game. So I, I guess I would just ask quickly, how did you both start playing rugby? Um, I played soccer first. In my family, I was the... Uh less well-educated one okay. in the in the english system my brother and sister they passed the 11 plus to get to the grammar school uh, i failed it twice before i eventually passed it and got to the same school the difference was this was a school that only played rugby you had no choice so i'd gone from soccer into rugby and uh, i think it was the best move i ever made yeah and that was taking me through school, college, it's taken me all over the world. Wow, so, so maybe I'll, I'll go back to Felicia and how she got involved, but can you tell me a little bit about your career? Well, as a, as a teacher, teaching in North London for five years, I decided I got married and decided I was going to go overseas. I applied to South Africa, you know, uh, you know to prove, prove your 
ancestry back five generations at a time. New Zealand, no. Australia, funnily enough, I thought was too far. And two weeks before we got married, uh, we got married two weeks before I was due to come here, uh, move. I was booked on a plane to British Columbia. And the director general of the Shuttergate, what was that, Shuttergate Valley School Board, uh, came over, went to Canada House, they phoned me and asked me if I'd come for an interview. The result of that interview was driving up to CVR and wondering what the hell I was doing. But it was, um, my life has been all serious mistakes. That's one of the best mistakes I've made. Wow. So it, it does it. It holds you on. It holds on to you for your life then. Uh, it's, it's, I said it's, it's the best social network in the world. Uh, even to the point I went to referee in Australia. Uh, in Melbourne, they found out it was my birthday and just immediately they put on a birthday party and they looked after me in Australia. I've been across this country at a taxpayer's expense. I've been back to England refereeing. I tell you, it's, it's the best. My children are involved. I mean, the, the, the blessing for me is that my grandson, Wolfie, if he, someone had told me this kid would be interested in rugby, I would have referred you to a, a mental institution. But this kid is he's quiet, but he loves the game. So does all of that, some of that sound familiar to you? That, those aspects, Felicia, about how you got involved? Yeah, um, I mean, despite going to CVR uh, and the, the great rugby program they have there, I didn't start at CVR. Um, I started uh, at CEGEP level. And it, I mean, straight to the social aspect, a friend of mine was like, hey, we're missing girls for, for the team. Do you want to come out and try? And I'm like, okay. And I mean, that was the, <laughs> that was the end of that. Uh, 15 years later, I'm still there. So it brings you in and like I said it's like joining a family I you know started playing there and then joined the Saracens uh that summer it's where I met my husband and all of my best friends and it's you know it just um, it brings you along and even like if it hadn't been for rugby I don't know if I'd be doing the job that I do now um after an injury I had to do a physio to to get back on the field and that Whereas where I discovered my interest for that. And then so I went back to school and became a physiotherapy technologist. And then that's my career now. So it, you know, it, it really works its way into all aspects of your life in, in a great way. Can't ask for better than that. So then no hesitation whatsoever in suggesting that people get involved with the, with the Saracens now. Absolutely not. I mean, we, we can always use more help, but the, the, the group that we have now is just such a hardworking, dedicated group. And, um, we want so much to uh, like expand our our, our rugby family because it means so much to us. So we want to show the rest of the world that that it's a, a great place to you know to bring your kids, to bring your family, um, and e like even if you're not there with say kids and family, but even if you're you know the single guy or the single girl, it's a great place to come in and meet uh, a friend group. Uh, partner that's what happened to me uh, and then you know build a family that's fantastic I I have run out of questions um this has been a really fascinating conversation and like I said it's a lot of fun and I I really wish the best of luck to the Saracens for another 50 years and hopefully you can get enough women to come back and we can see the team start to develop and come back because like I said there's a lot of fun going to the games 
it's a lot of fun watching the games, but it's it's also I would I imagine a lot of fun for you guys to see the game come back and develop in 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 Ormstown again. It seems to be a recurring theme as we look back at the history of the valley, how the dedication of the people in our community has made great things happen. I hope you're enjoying the behind-the-scenes look at all these aspects of the very fabric of the Chateauguay Valley as much as I am. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday, February 14th, for a look at yet another piece of the Valley's history. This podcast is made possible in part by funding from the Government of Canada through the Official Language Community Media Consortium, as well as a grant from the Bourse d'Initiative en Entrepreneuriat Collectif, a call for projects designed to support the creation and development of social economy enterprises and projects across the Montérégie region. Sound editing and sound design for the Gleaner podcast is done by Stacey Pennington. Our theme music is by Christopher Pennington. It is produced by me, Chantal Hortop. Don't forget to subscribe to the Gleaner podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. For more Gleaner content, check out our website at www.the-gleaner.com. I'll also put that link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time. Thank you.